0: I'm journalist and broadcaster Emma Gunnar-Wardner, but you can call me Emma Gunns. And my guest in this episode is television presenter Amanda Lamb.
1: I genuinely, hand on heart, think that this decade is going to be so much better for me than my 40s. But believe right. me when I say I think if you are struggling and you need some help, there is no stigma attached to it. You know, oh. I, I, and, and I was worried that I would have felt that you know i would have felt that the stigma was 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 there but there isn't it's really difficult to to find your passion and to not be swayed by everybody else and i always find it so ironic that we never know how much we've touched people until we've gone but i think one of the hardest things and and i haven't quite figured out why i do this but all of the jobs that i've got or that i've had since i've been a grown-up i have been rejected on a daily basis. Not in a bad way, Mm. but I am much more fallible now than I ever have been. I am much more prepared to take risks. Um, I'm more prepared to just exist as opposed to trying to make everything and everyone's life perfect.
0: My guest today is Amanda Lamb, who has been a familiar face on British television screens for years. You will recognise her instantly from the infamous, dare I say iconic, Scottish Widow adverts. And she has also presented so many television shows, I can't even list them all here. There's A Place in the Sun, Selling Houses, My Mortgage Free Home, The Right Stuff, You Deserve This House, Beat My Build, and genuinely many, many more. When I asked Amanda what she would like to discuss in a conversation on the podcast, her response was, let's chat about finding your passions and things you enjoy doing, which wasn't an unexpected response considering that when I asked her what her greatest success was, she replied, not sure I've had it yet. It's this I would love to tap into into this in this conversation, because I'm about to turn 46, Amanda is 51, and it can feel as though your expectations should be diminishing, that your dreams should be getting smaller because you're over your peak, in adverted commas. And that, dear listeners, is an idea I entirely reject, and I have a feeling Amanda does too. So... Welcome to the Emma Gunn Show, Amanda Lamb. I know you're a returning guest, but come on. Um, let's talk about our
1: incredible ever-expanding potential. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Do you know what's been really interesting about this is normally if I'm going to come on to a podcast or an interview, I really do my homework. So I'll watch episodes or I'll listen or what. And I love the fact that you sent me through that um, that questionnaire because I think I thought I was just going to come on and talk about a nice moisturizer or something like that. (laughs) And when the questionnaire came through, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a bit deep and delving. (laughs) And so I did that thing where I didn't even stop and think about the answers. I didn't give the answers that I think people would want to hear. I gave the answers that I believe to be completely true. Um, And so it was, it was very, very interesting to fill that out. And today I've done, nothing other than set this up and sit down ready to talk to you um so potential it's an interesting one isn't it and the age that you're at now is the age that i felt invisible um and i was not a massive fan of my 40s um I remember turning 40 and thinking, yay, you know, because you see all those articles, don't you You know, fabulous at 40. And (laughs) I really know myself when I'm in my 40s. And I thought, what a pile of crap, because I felt completely invisible. I wasn't working much. Um, I'd put on quite a bit of weight because I wasn't working much and I wasn't very happy. I felt that my life was just one long round of playgroups and chicken nuggets and, you know, just this cycle. I'd completely lost track of who I was. Um, and I turned 50 last year and I genuinely and this is hand on heart think that I know myself better now and what I want not what everybody else wants not what everybody else wants me to want or what I feel that I should want if that makes sense Um, but what I want and Mm. it, it has been revolutionary actually that's so
0: interesting because I think I think you're absolutely right. I think when you turn forty, it feels it feels like more of a landmark than any other birthday that you've ever had, without yeah. any kind of doubt there. Yeah. But I I just sort of felt like huh? it just yeah. felt like another birthday. The one that really got me was forty five. I really struggled last year. I I mm. don't know if it was because I was halfway through my forties and I thought, okay, well, where, where's this. Where's, Where's going? all the stuff that's going to happen? I'm supposed to thrive in my 40s because I didn't thrive in my 20s and 30s. So I'm, I'm mm. waiting for it. And it felt like it still wasn't coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember hitting 44, 45 and going to have therapy. And that, you know, that kind of uncovered a few things that I always knew was kind of lurking around in any case. And then that didn't work. And then I went on... Um, sartraline the anti-anxiety drug I think it's called and that kind of numbed everything um but it didn't really it didn't give me what I wanted you know and in the end all I did was I just wrote it out you know and I think the thing is is that we particularly I was gonna say particularly as women but I think it, it I think it applies to men as well that if you are a planner if you're good at organizing things which i think you are and and i am and if you like structure and routine and order you have this thing in your head don't you where it's like right 20s going to have lots of fun date loads tick 30s settle down get married have babies tick 40 bring the babies up da, 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 have a career you know all of this kind of stuff and then when it doesn't go according to plan you're mm. like oh my god i've i've screwed up i failed but I am now such a believer in not planning too much ahead, you know, because I used to a hundred percent. I'd be like, well, when I, when I retire, I'm going to go and live by the sea and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go. And now I just think, do you know what, just get to the end of the week. <laughs> <This is> about <laughs> as far as I'm going now. And I think I've taken a vast amount of pressure off myself.
0: Yeah, there is something to be said for the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves to i was saying to somebody yesterday i was having lunch with a friend and i was saying my brain is probably three to four steps ahead of my body 100 yeah And bear with me with this because it means that in the morning as soon as i get up my brain mm-hmm. has already processed the first four or five tasks that i want yeah. to do but my body is still waking up so what mm-hmm. will happen i don't know if you've ever done this where you think right go into the kitchen make a coffee put that on put that away and then at some point in the first 15 minutes of your day, you get ever so slightly tangled up in yourself because your brain is yeah. is, is is ahead, but you're still mm. doing the task that's behind. So yeah. for example, I had to go out the other morning and my brain was so far ahead that I had without realizing put my bag, a crossbody bag on, but then i put my coat on and then I'd grabbed a load of bags. And then when I got out, I was just completely tangled up. Complete cuffle,
1: yeah. I have this thing at the moment where I can't remember whether I've dreamt something done something done it when i was drunk (laughs) done it at all and just thought about it i mean the amount of times i have conversations with people now they go yeah you told me that last week i'm like did i did i see you last week i don't know what's going on i'm going to just blame the menopause for it because obviously that's the other thing you know Mm. and i know that it's interesting isn't it because probably in my early mid 40s it wasn't really talked about and now yeah. it seems to just be constantly talked about um which in one way i think is good because it helps us kind of recognize the symptoms and what people are going through and but in another way there's a lot of it at the moment and it's you know i it it, it can be quite full on can't it and, and and there's so much information out there now that i don't think you know quite what to do or where to go but i'm with you i feel like i have about 10 15 tabs open at any one time yeah um, that's why um, I've never been any good at meditating or journaling or any of that bollocks because I can't sit still for long enough to do it because I've got a wash to unload or, I, or did a a, to
0: I did a meditation course at the beginning of 2022 <laughs> and I really struggle I still really struggle with it and I know that I do it every single morning and I try to do the afternoon ones but if there, if one's going to get missed it will be the one in the afternoon because I'm out and about or whatever but every single time i'm like bring it back because my mind just spirals but i think if yeah. i didn't have that 20 minutes where i was consciously trying to bring my mind back then i i worry about <laughs> what well, my mind yeah. would be like without
1: maybe, maybe i should try it again <laughs> i'll give it I can go.
0: i can highly recommend the london meditation center because that's where i went and it was Perfect. really bizarre because well i've talked about this on the podcast before but i you you have to go for 4 days for these 2 hour mm-hmm. sessions So it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the fatigue, the tiredness that came over me, it's very common. Apparently when you start meditating, your body releases a lot and it's very exhausting. And I remember getting to the session on the third day and you know, when you're tired and fidgety, I was like that. And I remember at the end of it saying to the teacher, you don't know what I've been through to get here (laughs) because normally getting the train, two trains to go to that meditation center, no big deal. But because mm. I had felt so tired because of the course, it oh, had right. felt so hard. Like everything had been such an effort. So it's, it's very. It, I think once you do it to that extent, you you can't really give yourself a reason not to do it.
1: No, but I think as well, it's it's like like I was saying um, in the questionnaire, it, it's finding your passions and it's finding things that you love that you know you're going to stick to. So for me, it's walking, dog walking. Yes. I yes. have a dog. I live very close to Bushy Park. And if I need to process something or think about something or deal with something, I leave my phone at home because then there is no distraction. There is no binging going off in my bag. There is no, Oh, I'm just going to check that. Oh, that's a nice code. I where she got that from? Let me just go in. Do you know, there's none of that. So I will just go out into the park. If I just want to walk or I just want to get some exercise, then yeah, podcasts, I listen to podcasts when I walk or, or whatever. But I find if I have my phone with me, you can pretty much guarantee I will, at least three, four, five times, get it out and do something. So if I have something on my mind or something that I need to sort of work through, everything gets left at home, except the dog <clears throat> that I take. <laughs> the it does work. You know, It it it's not meditation by any stretch of the imagination, but it is an hour of just silence.
0: There's also a fail safe in the brain that when you're walking, I don't think the same anxiety responses can be fired mm-hmm. off. In uh, so actually... If you are ever feeling stressed, the best thing to do is to walk it off because your brain can't go into that spiral to the same degree.
1: Yeah, I think tidying. I know this sounds really weird and I wish to God I could remember who said this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's me. I find a junk drawer clear out or a sock drawer organized to be quite meditative because I am solely focused on that one task you know mm-hmm. so I will quite often you know in fact after I hang up from you I'm going to sort all my makeup out I will quite yeah. often pick something and you can tell if I'm stressed because everything is tidy you know, I'm <laughs> doing of it. Um, but I will quite often pick something that I will just spend 15-20 minutes and just do a draw mm-hmm. um, and I find that solely focusing on one thing to be strangely calming
0: yes I know exactly what you mean I know exactly I want to go back to something you said a minute ago about SSRIs Mm. actually because I think this Mm. is this is quite interesting because you said that they sort of numbed everything and I've heard another description uh, the way people describe it I think I've just finished Matthew Perry's books so maybe it was Mm. in his or Britney's. I did those two back to back. Which listeners don't do those two back to back because they put some lightness no. in between them. Yeah. Um. Because I I was I feel very sad and tear tearful after oh, finishing oh. those two in succession. Yeah. Awful. But the uh, analogy that they use is actually no. I've just realised it was Stacy Duguid who said this. It wasn't Matthew Perry or Britney. Right. But with SSRIs, it's like you're wearing the raincoat, and yeah. so the rain is still pouring on you, but it's sort of it's water off a duck's back, so to speak. But I wondered. Yeah. Did you want to be numbed? Was that the solution?
1: I think I'd got to the point where I was so manic in my head and in my actions. And I found that I was snapping at the girls. I was, you know, always panicked about everything, you know, getting to school on time and, um, you know, come on, we've got to get out. We've got to get out. I was and I just thought I don't want my girls to have to deal with this Mm. but but because I was so lost myself I don't know I was very very wary about taking them and I remember going to the pharmacist who is just this lovely lovely man and I burst into tears and he sort of took me into a room and 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 I said I don't know what to do I can't really cope everything is feeling really overwhelming but I don't want to go down the route of just pill popping and he sat me down he went listen Half the people around here are on them, so I would not worry about it. He said, just try them for a while. And I can remember once they kicked in, and I was on the lowest, lowest dose you could possibly have, but I remember walking my youngest to school and all the other mums were coming out of the school gate, so I was obviously late, <laughs> whereas before I'd have been like, what? But it, it, but it also took away other things, you know, like... Mm. A, it just numbed everything just a wee bit too much for me. But but believe right. me when I say I think if you are struggling and you need some help, there is no stigma attached to it. You know, oh. I, I and and I was worried that I would have felt that, you know, I would have felt that, that the stigma was, was was there, but there isn't. And 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 I'm glad that I took them when I did, because they really helped me in that small period of time. But it dulled everything. Everything was was dull, you know, and and I didn't want to feel completely numb all the time if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think they are excellent. They can they can be excellent. The reason oh. I ask about the numbing is because I think sometimes it's not that we want to I think sometimes we're so overwhelmed and overloaded there's so much coming in and yeah. it's not necessarily that you don't want to feel that overload it's that you want to find a way to be able to do everything within your capacity. Yeah. So Absolutely yeah so if if it kind of helps you kind of take the pressure off to be able to get
1: there but again it's down to that thing that we've we've talked about before emma is it's finding your thing isn't it you mm. know and if and if if you can manage stress or, or or you know troubles or difficulties or whatever with anything from like you know walking or yoga or meditation or whatever brilliant and mm. if you can do that hats off to you but if you need a little bit of help just i i genuinely don't think that there needs to be the stigma surrounding them because like I say it would just take a little notch off although I could sit and watch like a really tearful movie um because I'm a you know sucker for something like that and and I wouldn't cry and that that I found quite odd because I you know I I cry at the drop of a hat you know put a song on a radio that reminds me of my babies and I'm in floods of tears you know so that bit I found quite weird that 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 there was no emotion there I guess but that was what it needed to do at the time and then when I got to a point where I sort of felt like I'd come out of the fog I just gradually stopped taking them and
0: Mm. I was I was fine it actually just reminded me about because I will talk about having listened to Matthew Perry's book because it is absolutely Mm. fantastic but I didn't realize how affected I was by the end of Friends and when he's talking about the last day on set I was on a long walk without a dog and I was bawling (laughs) Because yeah. I was like, Yeah, I remember, I remember Matthew. Well we grew up with them, didn't we? <laughs> it's
1: just and I always think things like that are just so so tragically sad because it's like, oh gosh, but you know, you it was like when Robin Williams oh. passed. And I, you know, again, I saw um a clip of Goodwill Hunting recently, and I was like, Oh my god, he was just brilliant, wasn't he? He was just such a genius. And I always find it so ironic that we never know how much we've touched people. Until we've gone, <laughs> because mm. then once we've gone, you, you think, gosh, if only you could see what what you know if, without me. Sound cheesy, but if only you can see how much you were loved and how much people adored you. I just think it's it's just so tragic. It's so so sad.
0: Yeah, it is right. We're gonna get off the. We're gonna get off sad stuff. Yes, because let's, let's get on to. Let's talk about finding one's passions and the things that you enjoy doing. Because I so for me when I read that, I thought I think a really big piece of this is giving oneself, giving yourself permission to do those things, because mm-hmm. I think we're all so hardwired to do the things that we have to do, think that we should do, yeah. and I think a lot of people, and myself included, can go through life putting the stuff that they want to do off, and then you reach a certain milestone birthday, and you're like, <laughs> what did I do that Well, I can't ever do that again and be 25 and traveling the world.
1: Yeah, I think there are so many, because I know one of the questions was regrets, and I, and I, you know, it's really difficult to to find your passion, and to not be swayed by everybody else. I think that's the thing. Um, you will have seen on my Instagram recently that I started running again. I loathe running. It's like, I loathe it. I absolutely loathe it, and I see people in the park that are, like, running on air, and they're having an amazing time, and I'm like, oh god, I want to do that, and so, a couple of months ago I thought to myself right I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and I and I documented it all on Instagram and then I hurt my foot and then my knee went and I just thought why am I doing this I don't like it I don't mm. get enjoyment out of it what I enjoy is a long walk in the park what I love is Pilates I do a reformer session once a week and I love it you know I now like going to the gym and doing strength training um and I think for me particularly exercise because I think that's something that we are all bombarded with aren't we day in Mm. day out you know Instagrammers doing their fitness things and you feeling that you have to eat a certain way and and look a certain way and act a certain way and I think if you strip all that back and think what do I like doing it's so much more important because you'll stick at it you know Mm. you will do your 10,000 steps a day um and you'll and you'll do exercise that you enjoy and things like reading, you know, that's another passion of mine. I love reading. Um, what's your I book always... of choice? Well, what am I reading at the moment? I'm reading, oh, I can't find it. It's um, it's a Sherlock Holmes book, but it's been written by Anthony Horowitz. Um, All right. So it's kind of like he's taken on the role of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So he's doing another case, but it's obviously not Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And sometimes I can really get myself into books that just immerse me and I'm in. And I, you know, and then other times I just need so I can pick up and put down. Mm. And that's, these, you know, I quite like detective novels and those kind of things. Um, I think my favourite book that I've ever read was Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell, um, which is the fictional. um count of because Shakespeare had a son called Hamlet who died when he was eleven and it's the story of the boy and Anne Hathaway and Shakespeare and how they met and you know I, and I loved it and it's been turned into a play in London which I went to see a couple of weeks ago now so yeah anything historical anything spooky anything kind of so that's my kind of vibe. So yeah again, I love reading you know and I think it's it's finding things you enjoy you know, and not, and spending more time doing that stuff and less time doing the stuff that you don't.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the time, isn't it? It's it's one thing to know what you enjoy, but it's another thing to give yourself permission to then spend that time doing it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It is giving yourself permission because you can actually do it. Like you can fit in 20 minutes a day, reading a book, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, you're sat eating your lunch, reading it, you know, you, you can do it, but it's giving yourself permission. And I think that's something that, that I, in the past have been very, Guilty of not doing and thinking, well, I can't do that yet because the bedroom needs tidying, or I need to go and do this, or I better go and do the right. It's that kind of thing. It's okay. So here's an intro. It's like a cupcake analogy. So when I first had my eldest daughter and she started school, they have these god awful cake sales that all parents have to get involved in, and I went out and spent probably about thirty pounds on ingredients and made these Nigella Oreo cookie things. You know, spent a fortune. The ones
0: with a full Oreo on the bottom of the cup. Yeah, got it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar.
1: And, you know, and I was trying to be all like perfect mum and, oh, look at me, I baked all of this. And anyway, and I did and they sold for 50p each. So if I was on The Apprentice, I would have gone because I think I was down by about 28 quid. Um, And then the next year I remember working and this bloody cake sale was on and coming home at quarter to midnight and trying to bake brownies and I burnt them. And I remember bursting into tears and going, I can't do it. And then the next year, I went and bought some ready-made cupcakes from Sainsbury's, and I got some ready-made icing, and I stuck a Percy Pig on top of them, and Bob's your uncle. Everyone was happy, <laughs> and 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 that's what I mean. You know, it's it's. I know I'm going off on a slight tangent here. No, but I We we'll have to give ourselves a break and and find shortcuts and shortcuts which then enable us to be able to do the stuff that we do want to do
0: exactly exactly I, I like that I now also want an Oreo and a percy pig just as a <laughs> yeah, no. for our international <laughs> listeners if you haven't ever had a percy pig then it oh. really is worth finding them because there's something wonderful about a percy pig yeah. And you can them all. a caterpillar <laughs> yeah um I want so interestingly talking about giving yourself permission thinking about regrets and we've covered a few things but I always ask people about risk And you said that one of your biggest risks was leaving for London when you were 21 and having no job and no money. And I think what's really interesting now is we, as I don't know about you, but if I thought about doing any of the things that I did in my twenties, when I had nothing to lose now, I wouldn't do
1: them. No, I know. I know. Uh, But that's, don't you think that's why, you know, I watched, I recently rewatched Eat, Pray, Love, you know, the Julia Roberts movie. It was like, she was brave. You know, she was in a marriage she didn't want to be in. And she left and she went to Italy to learn how to eat. She went to, um, was it Thailand or Mm -hmm. Bali to pray? And then she fell in. But yeah, you're right. So I... I dabbled in modeling, you know, I, and again, talking about failures, I tried twice before and both times I failed. The first time I was 16 and I came to London and I lived in Portsmouth. So the commute was just too much. God, I think about that now. Willow's 15 now. There's no way I'd let her come up to London and do that Mm -hmm. at that age um and then I tried again when I was 18 and they cut all my hair off really 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 short and that kind of Linda Evangelista cut
0: what is it with modeling agencies and cutting off models hair did you watch that supermodel documentary they all talked about how their hair got chopped off basically I think Cindy's was against her will Pretty well, they much.
1: just held the ponytail, didn't they, and slipped it. They at least, I, I, it wasn't that bad, but they did say your hair needs sorting. So they took me to this hairdresser's, and um, he I can remember sitting in there with my eyes sort of closed, and they just cut it really short with that kind of feather. I've got quite a round face. It looked horrific. And then I went back to the agency, and they went, oh, no, that wasn't what we had in mind. Come back when it's grown. Oh, so I think, no. So I think I've given up my job. Um, I've come up and had my hair cut and you don't like it. So anyway, I went, but in the back of my mind was always that. There's probably why I've never cut my hair since because it's scarred me for life. I went back home and I got a normal sensible job and I then got scouted when I was 21. Um, I'd gone to the clothes show live exhibition and somebody came up, well, five agencies came up to me. By this time my hair had grown back and they all said, would you do it? And at that time I was, I was 21. And I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Mm. And I failed twice before. So I think there was always that little niggle in me, like, "Oh, you didn't give it a good enough shot. My dad thought I was mad. So my dad is a very sensible, he's lovely, my dad, but you know, he's had the same job for 40 years. And he was like, what are you doing? You've got an amazing job. Why are you giving it up to go to London? My mum went, go fly you know, I've given you wings, use them. She <laughs> said, we'll always be here. If it all goes horribly wrong, it will be fine. Just come back, but go. Um, and I went and I bounced up there, all boobs and hips and stuff, just just <laughs> literally as Kate Moss hit the scene. So I came up <sighs> at the end of the, I think it was 19, 1991, just as the supermodels were starting to kind of, fade out. And then we had the likes of kind of Erin O'Connor and Kate Moss and Karen Elson and everyone had to look emaciated and, you know, bones jutting out here, there and everywhere. And, you know, I bound up and, and didn't work for a year. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, this wasn't but I never gave up. You see, I stuck at it. And I got a job in a bar, which meant that I met loads of friends and, you know, some of them I'm still friends with now. I cleaned houses for a living. Well, just to pay the rent. Um and then i would do all my castings in between and then after a year i got scottish widows so then it kind of you know uh, i could breathe and give up my cleaning job <laughs> yes
0: so but you I still start- worked in the
1: bar i still carried on working in the bar for for a couple of years after that cuz i loved it so much
0: <laughs> did they did they put something out on the like on the front of the front of house like
1: yeah. <laughs> scottish
0: widows serves you a pint
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly not, not, no, yeah, I was alright at pulling points in the end, but the first couple were a disaster, like cappuccinos.
0: So, talk to me about that period where you were still, you were trying to get signed, or you were mm. still, you, but, but you, and you were working in the bar, you were cleaning houses. How long was that, and how long did you give yourself before you would, perhaps, take the more, dare I say, quote unquote, sensible option. <laughs> Well, yeah, it isn't I, I, giving up, but it is, isn't it? Because it is sort of giving up on something that you prefer to do. It's that thing of, mm. oh, well, I'll f- um, you never want to fall back onto your plan B because your plan B is because your plan A didn't work.
1: Yeah. I didn't actually have a plan B at that point as well, because I'd I'd given everything up at home and because I'd moved to London and London to me was so exciting and energetic and it was fabulous. and I And I lived in, I was very lucky. I, um, I stayed in a friend's house in Wandsworth and all of a sudden it was all kind of wow, this is this is so cool. So there was no plan B. The plan B was not to go back home because as much as I adore where I grew up and I'm very proud of my roots, I didn't want to go back. I, I wanted to stay up here. Um and so the the plan B was to just keep going until something happened. And 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 it was about a year um after I went for the casting for Scottish Widows and I got that. Um but I think one of the hardest things and and I haven't quite figured out why I do this, but all of the jobs that I've got or that I've had since I've been a grown up, I have been rejected on a daily basis. and I don't I I, ha- I still haven't quite figured that one out. you know well, why you're
0: drawn to the kind of jobs where you would get so much rejection
1: yeah or or not even yeah, why I' why I'm drawn to jobs that aren't what i would call a normal 9 to 5 you Secure. know yeah stable it, yeah and I've, i so i'm now in my third decade of doing jobs where it's feast or famine you know you're either so busy you don't see friends and family or you're cleaning out your junk drawer for the 10th time in a week because there's nothing else okay to do.
0: that's it's really interesting
1: i think that's really interesting and i can relate
0: and i w- when you were talking a minute ago i was thinking about how i was wondering whether how you felt about where you grew up you said it was a lovely place but that you the 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 dream was not to go back and I think that's really
1: I grew up in the epicenter like right in the middle of one of the biggest council estates or housing estates in um in Europe um it was it was it was big swathes of farmland outside of Portsmouth I grew up in a place called Lee Park um and I think I always wanted to, I always knew that I wanted to go. I always knew that I, there was a much bigger world out out there. And I say that to my girls now, you know, both of my girls, the youngest, Lottie's like, I'm never leaving home. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you are. <laughs> you really are. Because <laughs> mummy's going to go and live in Greece on a, on a beach. Um, <laughs> but I, I've said to both of them, and it's the same with my mum, you know, I said, this is such an enormous world. And there are so many things that you can experience and, and, and go, you know, I'm always gonna be here for you. I'll always be here if you need to come back, but my goodness, you know, I really wish I'd gone backpacking. I really wish I'd stuck a backpack on and gone around the world when I was 18 or 19 and I never did. Um, And you're right, I'm probably too scared to do that now. Um, But that's what I, you know, with the girls, I want to just say, please go, you know, Lottie's fascinated by Japan and and the Japanese culture and she desperately wants to go there. I said, go and do it for a year. You know, I'll come see you. you know, Willow is just signed to a model agency, which is interesting. So, you know, oh, how's that it? for mum? Oh, it's great. I, You know what? It is great. But it's so different to when I did it. You know, I mean, God, she's not gonna have to trudge all the way up to Old Street with her book to have someone look at it and go, no, your hips are too big. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's all digital now, isn't it? You know, when I was when I was modeling it was the old Polaroid under the arm to check the lighting <sighs> and then, yeah, it's very, very different. So, um, yeah, I want them. I want them to experience stuff. The last thing I want is for them to stay at home and never go anywhere and do anything.
0: Amanda and I will be right back after this short break. grew up in a small village and just always Mm. thought the world was so much bigger I don't think I anticipated how so for me going back like the idea of living in the village where I was born Mm. feels like even though it isn't it's a really lovely life and I should be very grateful if that is what my future holds but there is something about it for me because of how I look at the world where I think that would be settling and Mm. saying no to a bigger adventure and that's what I mean about turning 46 and thinking Mm. I want to still believe that so much is available to me and that I could do so much. I don't want to believe that it's getting smaller.
1: Oh gosh, it isn't. It really isn't. And I think that's why I said, you know, I'm not sure I've, I've I've found it yet. I was talking to somebody the other day about this and I don't know whether it's because I'm slightly nomadic, but you know, I, I grew up in Lee Park. I left home when I was 18 and went, lived in America for a year. Um, long story, fell in love with a surfer. <laughs> um and, and and lived in in america in california for a year and then oh came wow home, and then got a job and then modeled um and i've moved around a lot you know and this is the longest i've ever been in one in one place and even though this is my home and i love it i still don't think i've found home if that makes sense does that make sense gosh it's like a therapy session this emma this is great i should be lying down but i i make yourself comfortable amanda (laughs) (laughs) yeah i haven't quite got the element of peace that i feel yet i'll get there Mm -hmm. i will get there but it does feel it doesn't feel scary anymore it feels quite exciting and that's what i mean by saying to you you have no idea what's about to come. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I remember Is... talking to Lottie about it the other day. I was sat downstairs. There was some soppy song on or something. And I said to her, do you ever get scared about the future, Lottie? And she said, no, I don't, Mum. She said, because what's the point? No one knows what it's going to be. And I was like, wow, that's quite profound
0: for a nine-year-old. <laughs> about what Can she come on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my... <laughs> yeah,
1: but she's right. And it's stuck in my head. And I thought, do you know, you are... So, so right, because none of us know what's going to happen. Um, And I think that that's quite exciting. You know, I think just go with it. Literally go with the flow and see where we all end up. Is there
0: anything that you have been scared to try in your life that you think you will? Are you at that point where you can think, no, actually, it it scares me. So I know I'm never going to do it. Let's just ignore that. And do you also have things that you're thinking, that's been scaring me, I need to nudge that, I need to get close to that and give it a go?
1: I would love to live abroad at some point. Um, I would love to learn a language. I mean, I think that's why that um, eat, pray, love resonated so hard. You know, I was just like, I've always, because I've spent so much of my adult life traveling, mm. I've never, there are so many skills that I wish I'd acquired. And you're right, one half of me says, well, it's too late, you know, door shut. You're never going to learn to play the piano. You're never going to learn to speak Italian. Just, you know, go and clean your jaw, drawers out. But then this other part of me says, hold on a minute, you're 51. You've got, hopefully, decades ahead of you. You could learn Italian. You could go and live on a, a on a Greek island for a, for a year. There's all sorts of things I could do. Mm. And you're right. What is it that holds us back other than the fact that I've got children and a home and, and all the rest of it? But But I think... I genuinely, hand on heart, think that this decade is going to be so much better for me than my 40s. And then who knows where the 60s will, God willing, you know, end up. Because I think you genuinely, when you hit 50, start to give zero shits about what other people think of you. (laughs) I, I can't describe it. I have spent my entire life being a people pleaser. You know, mm. trying to make everything perfect and trying to make everything look like the Bowdoin catalogue or the White Company catalogue. And inevitably it doesn't. Mm. And I listened to a great podcast with Claudia Winkleman the other day and she was saying, you know, you have some people that are colour coded and coordinated and very organised. And then you have other people that are complete and utter carnage. And she is way past that. Like she's not even in the carnage bit. and And I like that. I think I've spent so long. Conforming and trying to be perfect, and now I'm like, Do you know what? It's just exhausting. It's much easier to just be yourself. It
0: is, isn't it? It comes back to that kind of energy of the cupcake sale. It's about other people's expectations. So even though it's hopefully unsaid, your actions were totally predicated on the fact that you worried about what the other mums would think oh, about your cupcakes <laughs> and what that might say about your abilities as a mother. And Absolutely. If you release yourself from that and think well I don't care what you think I'm doing the best that I can yeah
1: yeah and, you know I made my mum a chocolate cake once for her birthday and I followed the recipe to the tea and I should have known something was wrong with it when I tried to put the you know the little plastic candle holder in it and it wouldn't go in it bent and I was like oh that's a bit oh. weird <laughs> I to cut it and it was like a brick but The hilarity that ensued because it wasn't perfect. Mm. That is the only birthday cake that I can remember making. And I've made a lot. But the fact that that one was such a disaster was the one that stuck in our heads because it wasn't my mum. Literally trying to put all her weight on the knife to cut it. It I don't know what I did. But um, that was the one that sticks in my head because it wasn't perfect. But it was the one that we talk about.
0: Mm it's a funny one isn't it being able to detach from other people's expectations massively um, so okay it ha- say it happens in this decade it happens once you yeah. hit 50 you do you care less but is it because of differences within you within you if you had to sort of plot the path or or say what mm-hmm. really happens yeah as opposed to it being this magical kind of weight that's lifted as you mm-hmm. go over the threshold into your 50s is it is it just to having collected so much data over the last 50 years and gone, actually, no one's yeah. opinion of me has ever made, that doesn't pay my bill so it can bugger off.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely that factor. I think that you spend so much of your previous decades worrying about everything, you know, from planning the perfect Christmas or planning the perfect day out or, or, or whatever it may be. Um, versus reality of what actually happens you know it's like board games you know when we play board games as a family there's always a fight guaranteed and now i know there's going to be a fight i'll still play the board games but i know it's not all going to be like <laughs> there's none of that there's always like a <laughs> yellow It's not there, be, you know so i know that you're going to get that so when my expectations are much lower um not in a bad way mm. but i am much more fallible now than I ever have been I am much more prepared to take risks um I'm more prepared to just exist as opposed to trying to make everything and everyone's life perfect which is very deep isn't it but yeah Yeah. it's um I do feel very different I'm also really really blessed with an amazing core of women around Mm. me you know I have five or six friends that you know in the past few years have really you know stood up for me and helped and are there at the end of the phone and and it's reciprocal because I've got a friend at the moment that's going through quite a tough time and I like, I'll be you know once I've finished you and cleaned out my junk drawers and things I'll be around and we'll go for a walk you know and and I love the way that women there's always so much negativity surrounding women and how they can be really bitchy and not right but those little core groups I find mm. women to be unbelievable you know I think that we are such an incredible incredible group of people and my girlfriends are just they've been amazing you know they really have but I'm selective I've got a, like I say my little core probably like you have that you know are always there for you
0: without a shadow of a doubt and I think you're absolutely right I think women get a really bad rap and I think men can be bitchy too but Mm. Whenever I tell people or whenever I do an interview, particularly if I'm interviewed by men and they they know that I used to work on magazines in the beauty department, their mm-hmm. first question is, Do you think that's what led to you having body dysmorphia? Or do you think that's what it must be quite bitchy? They always come at it from, well, that mm-hmm. sounds like the worst kind of female environment we could imagine. And I I want to just shout some of the best women I have ever met are fellow mm. beauty editors, people who I yeah. spent 10 years traveling the world with as beauty editors. And they are, yeah. I mean, I don't um, see absolutely. all of them all the time, but they, if any of them seriously picked up the phone, there wouldn't be a question I would answer. I know.
1: It, they, and they are, you know, and I've got, you know, like Rosie Green and the Dean Bagger. I mean, I count those on that, that little call. They're just and you know my best friend that I've known since I was fifteen, and and people that I've met through my children, and I just, I just adore them, and they're just like mm. these warriors, you know. If you're if you're if you're having a, a tough time, or, or they're there for the good times and the bad times, you know. If you phone up and go, this has happened, right? I'll be round, you know. They're there, and and that to me is just. I quite like the idea of a whole tribe of women just, you know, living around a campfire and just it'd be great.
0: <laughs> I do, and there's also the heartbreak of female friendships as well because they are they run so deep, and when and ine- inevitably they don't all survive the test of time. No. Some people slip away, some people that it can, can happen quite abruptly. I don't think no. women talk enough about the fact that friendships breaking down can be utterly devastating.
1: God, it would be all uh, hand on heart. I haven't had that yet, so that must be horrendous like I say I have a very small I have friends that have sort of petered away but you know I've never had a falling out with a girlfriend I've never ever my best friend Ruby who I've known since I was 15 we've never had an argument ever not even a crossword it's it's bizarre you know so yeah I am I'm beyond blessed to have all of them in my life because they're just they're brilliant
0: you might have to do a crash course in how you do that. Because I was at a breakfast the other day and a few girls were afterwards just sort of chatting, killing time before the next event that we yeah. were kind of going off to. And somebody, we were talking about something and one of the girls said, oh, I've never fallen out with anyone. I don't fall out with people. And I remember looking at her thinking, I'm really envious. Like, yeah, because I, I think, I think it's quite, I think we do lose people along the way. You do. I know. don't
1: get me wrong. I've fallen out with people and there are people in my life that I don't talk to anymore, but my girlfriends, no, you know, I've chosen, I've chosen well, you know, and I have what I call the practical one, you know, the one that will tell me like it is, if I've done something, she will say, you're being a dick or or whatever. And then I have the, the sort of non-emotional one that just takes everything sort of and then the emotional one and so i've got kind of and i was saying this to the girls the other day because you know i was sort of saying you can have these core of, of of friends or people in your life and you will probably choose them all for different reasons and have them at different times you know i know which friend i would go to if there was a massive crisis you know i know the one that i'd just go shopping with and have you know brunch with or or whatever um my dearest wish is to gather the clan is to get all of my girlfriends together because they're all sort of spread planted. out everywhere. I would love to do like a weekend away with everybody one one day
0: one day maybe when yes. you maybe when you're living abroad and you've got yeah when I'm in Greece have <laughs> got a beautiful I don't know what like what, what are the sprawling homes called in Greece are they villas no
1: well I don't want a big one I just want a little pensione by the sea just a little oh. small thing I don't again it is really funny isn't it and maybe it's the old working class background. I've never been that bothered about the trappings of, of, well, you know, I don't need a big house. My house is lovely. You know, it's big enough for all of us. Um, I've never been that bothered about bling. And, you know, it, it, it's never been my thing. Um, so, yeah, I was just quite happy with a little whitewashed cottage on the beach. Thank you very much. Next to a taverna. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about
0: you at the weekend because as is the only way to enjoy selling sunset, you have to enjoy it in one sitting, but you, right. you simply cannot do it. <laughs> you've got to binge <laughs> it. And I think for me, selling sunset is a, is a really great example of how we have opened the world's eyes to what a lot of people had that have, that we simply mm. didn't have. We never had sight on those kinds of riches before. No. And I wondered how your work place in the sun, the home shows because they do open you up and you are helping people buy a home. You're helping people get a holiday home. And yeah. If I watch that show, if I watch Selling Sunset, immediately I think, well, of course I don't want a 10 million pound house in the in the Hollywood Hills, but that 2.5 million one seems like something I could very happily move into. Yeah. It's way out of my budget. But do you know what? It suddenly yeah, yeah, yeah. makes you think anything I don't know about you, but it makes me feel a little bit it can make me feel dissatisfied with what I've got because I've mm. suddenly seen what other people have. And I wonder yeah. being Does in the shows. Yeah.
1: I remember filming in Monaco. Um, a few years ago, we were doing a million pound special. Um, and I went onto a super yacht, you know, to have a, for, to film this super yacht. And um, I remember the guy that was showing me around saying that uh, Roman Abramovich was coming in um, the next day on his boat. And this thing, I mean, I've never seen anything. So it was ridiculously enormous. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And I said, my goodness, you know, when I when I when I saw it, he said, yeah, he said, but in two days after that, I don't know who it was, but somebody else, not Musk, but somebody else was coming. he said, and it makes that look like a dinghy. And you think to like, wow, if Abramovich is going to get size envy, what's the hope for the rest of us? And I think that was true, isn't it? Because you you will always my mum, I can remember my mum as a kid in the kitchen cupboards she used to have all these little postcards or things that she'd cut out a woman's weekly stuck on the inside of the cupboard doors and one of them was the Desiderata poem you know go placidly amid the noise and haste oh, I don't know whether you ever... oh well I'll, I'll send it to you because it's it's really interesting um and in one bit it says about envy uh, being you know that there will always be people worse off than you and better than you and that kind of stuck with me you know throughout everything you know even when I was modeling god you know I always wanted to do the cover of Vogue I knew that was never going to happen but there will always be models that are better than you that are more beautiful than me that are more successful than me but then there's also going to be ones that aren't and and I think the whole comparing ourselves which is what we all do it, it it's such a toxic trait to try and to try and get rid of, because mm. there is always going to be someone with a bigger house, or a better car, or you know, perfectly behaved kids in a restaurant, or or, or whatever it may be. um But that doesn't necessarily mean that y- that they have everything that you want. Do you know? Do, do, am I making sense? Or right, I'm yeah. sort of waffling. But no, you know, I- there's a, my dream house. My dream house in this area that I live in is up for sale around the corner and it's 2.5 million. And I'm like, I can't afford that. Mm. You know, I would love it. I've already looked at it several times on, on, on Rightmove and just gone like, oh my God, but I know I'm never going to have it. So I'll just be happy with one that I've got because otherwise I'm always going to be envious.
0: But again, I think this is really interesting. I did a podcast last week about this and how I actually think maybe, I'm not necessarily optimistic, but I'm definitely hopeful. And what I mean <laughs> by that is, okay, thinking about your modeling career, When you said, I wanted to be on the cover of Vogue, well, Cindy said it, Linda Evangelista said it, Naomi said it, and Christy said it in that um, Mm. documentary. And so I don't think anybody goes into anything thinking, well, everyone goes in thinking, oh, I hope that that could potentially be... No one buys a lottery ticket thinking I'd love to match two numbers. Everybody buys a lottery ticket thinking I would love to match two numbers and the two power balls or whatever. I haven't done the lottery in a long time. Maybe no. I will start. Let's do it and see if we can get your house. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> but I think But I think that's very interesting because what you're saying is you have to learn to be content with and appreciate, not just content, appreciate what you have but I think in a world where you see where you see so much more now of other people's success that can be I Mm -hmm. think it's even harder
1: it is really hard and I think that funnily enough I am I'm starting to be like a lizard I'm shedding stuff at the moment so I was probably like the vast majority of people I would just buy stuff all the time I need a pair of shoes I need a coat I need yeah I've I've really slowed that down um partly because I find that if my house or my environment is cluttered, my head is cluttered. Same. Um, so for me, it's quite cathartic to just start properly clearing things out, you know, books on shelves. I think that's why that whole Marie Kondo thing hit a nerve and did so, so well, was because we all are kind of like, actually, when our houses are less full of stuff, our lives are a much calmer space, you know? Um, books, for example, I, like I said to you before, I adore reading, but there's been loads of books that I've I've plowed my way through and thought, well, I was a pile of, you know, but it's gone up on my bookshelf. And it's like, I'm never gonna read that again. I didn't like it the first time around. I don't need it up there so people can come around and go, oh, you've read uh, War and Peace, that's amazing. How did you, I, I'm not interested, so I chuck them. So the ones that I have now are the ones that I love and that I will read again and again. But I don't have books everywhere anymore. I've just got, you know, two shelves of them. Um, and the same with things like makeup and clothes. I've recently had a, a, a big pre-loved um, sale where I got rid of three boxes up in the loft. Um, mm. God, it felt good. It, felt it so does, good.
0: doesn't it? I just did mm. the exact same thing. It must be the change in seasons because be- listeners, before we started recording, Amanda and I were just clearing out our backgrounds <laughs> we were on camera. And I had to clear out the big bag of bras which is well it's it's there now (laughs) oh no hang on that's a lot of beauty stuff there it is
1: (laughs) I think I think what I find the older I get that I want my life to be simpler Mm. in every way shape and form you know now if I get invites to things whereas before I would think I really should go I must go because you know who am I going to see there and maybe I should be seen there and but now I go do you know what I can't be asked it's a Tuesday night and I don't want to go into town so I just say no, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and everything, you know, Christmas dinner, Oh, I'm going to get up six years before and start making bread sauce and, you know, crushing my own cranberries. Now I just go, there's that frozen, there's that posh frozen food place down the road in Teddington that I know do a great Christmas dinner. Probably not as brilliant as if I did it myself, but I don't care.
0: Mm. You know, it's
1: all of that kind of stuff. I am trying desperately to just declutter everything and simplify everything. Yes. If that makes sense.
0: It's a, I think it's really healthy. And I think in, like, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and of course, like an idiot picked up my phone and within seconds yeah. I'm on TikTok and I saw somebody yeah. doing a try on of the H&M Paco Rabanne collaboration that's launching in a couple of days. And immediately I'm I'm con- not considering because I know it's a stupid amount of money, but I my brain's kind of going, huh, yeah. it's trying to figure yeah. out whether a military jacket for £240 is... Yeah in any way something that I should accommodate into my life. And it's like, well, obviously not, you idiot, because you live in the same – you've got, like, seven jackets and you wear two of them. So you don't need a military-style one. I know.
1: But it is – but you're right. We are all – you know, because we are all on Instagram and TikTok and social media. And you, I mean, I bought – talking about that, I bought a bloody rain Mac yesterday because I saw it on Instagram and thought, well, that'd be handy if I'm walking the dog. But that's practical. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hear you. But I am – and like I say, simplifying everything at the moment, and it is definitely leading to a sense of calm and peace. You see my phone now downstairs. I don't bring it up to bed because I know, yeah. like you, I will be flicking through a magazine and going, oh, that's nice. Maybe I'll just check it out. And then before I know it, I've spiralled and I've done, an, you know, half an hour oh, on it.
0: I keep the phone in another room. I just went and got <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: And got back into bed. I know. I
0: know. And every (laughs) single time I do, it, I think about Dr. Shelby Harris, who's been on this podcast a few times. She's a sleep expert. And every time I'm like, I can hear her because she's been on the podcast and she's told me about what that light does to your brain and how it switches it on. And so actually you're making your sleep issues work. And still I scroll.
1: (laughs) You do it. There's a place that I'm really keen on going to. It's called Unyoked. And they are cabins. Um, They're dotted all over england i think there's a couple in scotland and, and the sort of danish uh denmark and places like that and they are these beautiful but quite basic cabins and you go for two or three days and you put your phone in a safe and it's only unlocked when you leave wow i know do you reckon you could do it it's three days i think i'd go a bit crazy i think the first day i'd be like rocking gently in the corner like pretending to scroll my thumb and then i think after that i think i would be all right there's nothing, there's a radio in there. So there's no TV. There's, there's, it's proper unplugged because people do that all the time don't they? they're like, oh, I'm going to unplug. And then they do like a whole Instagram okay, reel yeah. of it. It's like, well, I'm unplugged because you've just spent, and I know how long these things take, you've spent ages taking pictures of you um, unplugging yourself.
0: Could I, when I'm with my family, I don't use my phone rarely because it's, because that's sort of kind of, I don't need the entertainment of my phone because I'm with my family and I don't need my phone as kind of a, connection to them because we're in the same room so I find so I think if I was on my own I would find it challenging because I would still want to be connected so in, that's a really long way of saying no I don't think I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, yeah I definitely I think there is a lot to be said for disconnecting but I think it's yeah. really hard I think it, it's, it's really it hard it's, we're addicted now and there's
1: yeah, very much so
0: um so your life lessons, because I can't believe we've whisked through an hour.
1: <laughs> just... Have we been going oh, God, I'm so sorry I want to listen to this. Good luck editing this down. Like, no, let's speed it no, up no, then.
0: no, this is perfect. <laughs> no, this shows normally run for an hour. It's just that I have, oh, <laughs> I looked at the clock and thought, no, surely that can't be right. So I've just had to triple check. This yes, we did. Oh, God, this yeah. is my, anyway. Um, how, how mental. But I, what I'm really enjoying about this is I think, I knew when we started recording this and I knew when I got your answers that this would be about sort of really connecting with the story of your streamlining, of your finding. It does feel as though you have found some sort of peace. It feels as though you have found, not yourself, but maybe
1: yourself. Uh, I I, I genuinely think, and don't get me wrong, there's been quite a few kind of dark days, but Mm -hmm. I do feel lighter now. And I have done for probably about the last maybe month and a half um and it is yeah it was when I listened to your introduction and you were saying you know 46 and it, don't want to be slowing down I guarantee that you will we, we should we should do this again in five years time when you're my age and then okay. we'll have another chat. because I always remember reading things about women in their 50s and dreading turning mm. 50 I really was not looking forward to it um but I cannot tell you how much I feel like I really know myself now compared to when I was, when I was your age. So if you have, if there are women listening to this predominantly women, and I do think a lot of it is to do with hormones Mm -hmm. and perimenopause, et cetera, et cetera. But if anyone listening to this and you're in your mid, in your mid forties and you're just thinking, I don't feel me anymore. I don't feel right. I feel invisible. I promise you it gets better. Um, ride it out because it will get better and 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 don't put so much pressure on yourself I think that's something that we all do in so many ways shapes or forms whether you've got children or not or you've you know a big career or 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 whatever it may be there is so much pressure on everybody nowadays and Mm -hmm. just take your foot off that pedal a bit because once you start stripping it all back and giving zero shits about anything it does get much much better I promise you
0: I will say this um because I'm happy to keep going for a few more minutes <laughs> is that when you were saying that I remembered the only time I felt real dread about getting older for the first time ever and believe mm. it or not it was watching the first series of Just like that
1: right
0: I watched that and it made me feel very very scared about entering my
1: 50s okay why what what made you feel scared about it
0: I felt as though they were So we had plugged into those women's liars for such a long time. So Carrie Bradshaw, when I left her, so she was, I mean, she was a columnist in a magazine, straddled Mm -hmm. fashion and beauty. I felt like we had, I felt like we had a lot in common, but I looked up to her and I wanted her to kind of be a guide. And so to reconnect with her and she hasn't started, she hasn't started anything big career wise. She's kind of doing what she was before and she's doing a podcast, but she's not really doing a podcast. I felt a bit disappointed and she had the, the gammy leg and everybody yeah yeah. do you remember they it was almost as if they just looked a bit tarnished and you were like where was the empowering message for women
1: in this yeah because it was so empowering wasn't it I mean that's what I loved about that yeah I I I yeah I hear you and but I think sometimes it's I think sometimes you just have to I genuinely think when you get to this age is, is you just need to stop a bit and just take stock, you know? And and I think we spend our our entire lives pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward, to the point that we then get ourselves into such a flap, we don't know whether we're coming or going. And I think sometimes, and I'm not talking about locking yourself in a log cabin for 200 years and, you know, emerging, mm-hmm. but sometimes just stop. And, and that's why I said about finding passions just find things that you like that 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 fire you and that all that bring you a sense of peace and if that is you know a sunday night bath with a glass of red mm. wine and a book do it if it's a walk in the woods if it's a boozy lunch with girlfriends whatever it may be don't keep putting other people first you know that old adage of putting your you know your mask mm. on before you do anybody else is it's there for a reason you know and i think that we are such incredible creatures and we have created this well for me in particular I've created this sort of bond of brilliantly strong women um that we've just formed this little group that we're just there for each other and and it's just yeah I hear you with the Carrie Bradshaw thing because I was like you can't have a bad hit you're supposed to be walking around Manhattan with Manolas on for the rest of your life. Why do you that's probably why she has got the bad hair? Well, exactly.
0: It? I don't know. I think they sort of turned it around a bit. and But definitely the beginning, uh, there was a very specific scene where Charlotte was playing tennis and Charlotte was playing tennis, not in the kind of sports gear that Charlotte I would would want done. to be wearing, but it was almost like a, a pleated school skirt, like a knee length
1: pleated. And I was like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. That's not yeah. what I want for myself no don't you won't have it Emma you'll be fine though you no. are you will not have a dodgy hip and a knee-length pleated skirt in your 50s fear not not if I have anything to do with it <laughs> not if you have anything to do not not if any
0: of our mutual friends have anything to do with it to be exactly. honest as well could you imagine I would be exactly. so, so. Yeah. Um, this has been so <laughs> I knew it was going to be great and I think you've given oh. such a generous overview of so many areas that things like risks and regrets um like all I just honestly think that I'm so happy to have heard this because I think there can be so much doom and gloom from having had the failures or, or sort of we can linger too much in how they those really mm. stick on us and can feel like a bit of a weight. And actually, as you say, you are just seems a lot lighter. You're like, yes, we've I'm, all gone um, through it. I've gone through it and I feel great.
1: Yeah. And you have to go through it. You have to go through failure and rejection and all of the other bollocks to 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 get to where you are now, if that makes sense, you know? And, yeah, and it's interesting because I sat down to do this with you and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just talk. (laughs) And boy, have I. Um, (laughs) I loved (laughs) it. (laughs) But I didn't want to be guarded, you know? I didn't want to sort of pretend or just come out with the kind of answers that, you know, you're meant to come out with. I just wanted to talk and just say to people, this is me and this is... (sighs) where I'm at at the moment, so yeah, maybe we'll do it in a few more years' time. <laughs> yes, See well, we'll have to do,
0: yeah, thank you, because I was watching television the other morning and there was a, a sort of self-help person on a mainstream television show and they were being asked about relationships and it was that, It was just the thing of, don't look at it as this, turn it on its head and look at it like that and I just think we're so, that all of the self-help speak I find yeah. very unhelpful. It's oh, like instead it's of rude. thinking as your relationship is something you have to do, let's think about your relationship as something that you get to do. And it's just that sort of,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, like no. sort of being spoon-fed, sort of yeah. all these ridiculous things. And I just prefer the more honest, real approach, 100%. which I think that we have done here today. I think we've done that. Yes. Right, and so I'm, I'm well, going to
1: clear out my drawers and go clear and see my girlfriend.
0: <laughs> also, put it on a reel because there's nothing I like more than a bit of organization on Instagram and TikTok I'm going to be honest
1: no problem I will do my darling it's lovely to see you
0: lovely to see you too and I'll obviously listeners put the links to everything that Amanda does so that you can basically plug into her daily when she's not in a cabin (laughs) for 72 hours in the show notes but
1: thanks for joining me thank you so much for having me my love I'll see you really soon okay you betcha
0: Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gun Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter, where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. You have to answer a couple of questions, but we cannot wait to see you there. Come over and join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one.